the western suburbs of Denver, Colorado, lies a unique music venue that many consider the finest in the world. With Mother Nature as the architect, this acoustically perfect amphitheater has hosted some of the greatest performers in the world for over a century and is the location of some of the most famous live albums ever recorded. I'm Jason Epperson, and this is the See America podcast. From coast to coast, we see America one mile at a time, discovering stops along the way that are eclectic, historic, ridiculous, breathtaking, inspiring, and humbling. This week, Colorado's Red Rocks Amphitheater. This great destination is brought to you by Road Trippers, America's number one road trip planning app. Road Trippers helps people discover the world around them in an entirely new way by streamlining discovery, planning, booking, and navigation. Plan your unique journey at roadtrippers.com, then use the app as your ultimate travel guide and navigator. Adventure doesn't come from the fastest route. Start exploring at roadtrippers.com. Red Rocks is a geologically formed open-air amphitheater that's not duplicated anywhere in the world. It's a completely natural formation that rivals any concert hall. There's a large tilted disc-shaped rock behind the stage, a huge vertical rock angled outwards from stage right, and several large outcrops angled outwards from stage left. In between, a seating area for up to 9,525 people. The rocks serve as more than walls of a theater, though. They're a history book of the animal and plant life in the area for the past 250 million years. As spectators gaze at the towering red sandstone rocks, the ancient tales of prehistoric times are always in view. With more, here's Abigail Trebu. Gradual earth movement slowly raised the great sandstone ledges from the prehistoric ocean floor to form the walls of the amphitheater. Within these walls is a record book of time, as nearby dinosaur tracks hearken to the Jurassic period 160 million years ago. Fossil fragments of the giant 40-foot sea serpent Plesiosaur, the marine reptile Mosasaurus, and flying reptiles live within these walls for eternity. Some of the rock formations in Red Rocks slope as much as 90 degrees, while others tilt backwards. The southern monolith that bears resemblance to a ship is named Ship Rock. On the opposite side of the amphitheater stands Creation Rock. Both are taller than Niagara Falls. In the early 1900s, publisher John Brisbane Walker purchased the land with the proceeds of his sale from Cosmopolitan magazine to William Randolph Hearst. Walker had a vision of artists performing on a stage nestled into the natural megaphone crafted by the surrounding redstone. Walker would have no way of knowing, but Red Rock's amphitheater is a geological phenomenon. The only naturally occurring, acoustically perfect amphitheater in the world. Walker produced a number of concerts between 1906 and 1910 on a temporary platform. The earliest documented performance at the amphitheater was the grand opening. Walker called the place Garden of the Titans, and the inaugural concert featured Pietro Santriano and his 25 piece brass band. 
Two years later, on September 5th, 1908, Walker produced the amphitheater's largest scale performance to date, the Feast of Lanterns. Commemorating the opening of the scenic road up nearby Mount Falcon, it was patterned after the festival of Nagasaki, Japan, and featured four military bands and fireworks off Mount Falcon, Mount Morrison, and two intermediate hills. Renowned opera singer Mary Garden put Red Rocks on the world musical map with her performance in 1911. Having performed at many opera halls around the world, she pronounced Red Rocks the finest venue at which she had ever performed. For Walker's dream, the history of Red Rocks as an entertainment venue began. In 1927, George Cranmer, manager of Denver Parks, convinced the city of Denver to purchase the area of Red Rocks from Walker for the price of $54,133. Cranmer then convinced the mayor of Denver, Ben Stapleton, to build on the foundation laid by Walker. By enlisting the help of the federally sponsored Civilian Conservation Corps and the Works Project Administration during the Depression, labor and materials were provided for the venture. Denver architect Burnham Hoyt designed the amphitheater with an emphasis on preserving the natural beauty of the area. The plans were completed in 1936, and Red Rocks was officially dedicated on June 15, 1941, though the actual construction continued spanning the course of 12 years. In 1947, the first annual Easter sunrise service took place. Since then, Red Rocks Amphitheater has attracted the world's best performers to its stage. The first performance of each season at Red Rocks is the Easter Sunrise Service, a non-denominational event on Easter Sunday that's been happening for over 70 years. It's hosted by the Colorado Council of Churches. The event draws over 12,000 people from across the nation to watch the sunrise over the Red Rocks. The earliest notable rock and roll performance at Red Rocks was by none other than the Beatles on August 26th. 1964, the only concert not sold out during their U.S. tour. Jimi Hendrix played at Red Rocks in 68, along with Vanilla Fudge and Soft Machine. But an incident during a performance by Jethro Tull on June 10, 1971, led to a five-year ban of rock concerts at Red Rocks. Approximately a 1,000 people without tickets arrived at the sold-out show. Denver police directed the overflow, non-paying crowd to an area behind the theater where they could hear the music but not see the band. All was well until some of the people without tickets attempted to enter by charging at and breaking through the police line. They began lobbing rocks at the police who responded by discharging tear gas at the gate crashers. The wind carried the tear gas over the hill into the paying crowd and onto the stage. Following the riot at the Red Rocks, Denver Mayor William H. McNichols Jr. banned rock concerts. For the next five years, shows at Red Rocks were limited to acts like Colorado native John Denver, Sonny and Cher, The Carpenters, Pat Boone, Seals and Crofts, and Carole King. The ban on rock and roll was finally lifted, though, through legal action taken by Denver concert promoter Barry Fay, who tried to book the band America in the venue in 1975. After being denied a permit, Fay took the city to court and the court ruled that the city had acted arbitrarily and capriciously 
and banning rock concerts at Red Rocks. U2 performed at the amphitheater on June 5, 1983, during their war tour in front of a crowd of 9,000 people. The show was filmed for the group's concert film, U2 Live at Red Rocks, Under a Blood Red Sky. Part of it was used for the group's live album. Red Rocks was one of the favored venues for the Grateful Dead, and it's become a traditional stop for many subsequent jam bands. Widespread Panic holds the record for the most sold-out performances, with 60 as of last summer. Blues Travelers played the venue every 4th of July since 1993, except 1999 when lead singer and harmonica player John Popper was unable to play due to heart surgery. Jam band Fish was banned from performing at Red Rocks after they played four concerts in August of 1996. In an echo of the past, Fish fans who showed up at the concert without tickets were accused of starting a riot. And the nearby town of Morrison was unprepared to accommodate the size of the band's following. Fish was not invited to perform at Red Rocks again until July of 2009. Red Rocks isn't just for concerts, however. The 738-acre park is a haven for outdoor adventure. A variety of trails are located within the park. The Trading Post Trail is about a mile and a half in length, making its way through spectacular rock formations, valleys, and a natural meadow. The Red Rocks Trail runs through the east side of the park and is a multi-use trail for hiking, horseback riding, and mountain biking. It's a dramatic six-mile loop. The Funicular Trail is a short, steep ascent that connects the upper north lot with a small parking area alongside Trading Post Road, following the route of an inclined railway, or funicular, that carried tourists to the top of Mount Morrison to enjoy the views. Mount Vernon Creek trails one mile in length, following the creek for a short distance before making a turn towards the lower south parking lot, where it connects to the Trading Post Trail. Nice views of the amphitheater can be had all along it, as it travels through the meadows above the creek. Finally, the Geologic Overlook Trail is a short, moderate hike leading to beautiful views and a picnic shelter. Regular outdoor yoga events are held at the amphitheater, as well as outdoor films during the summer season. Red Rocks Park is open daily from one hour before sunrise to one hour after sunset, and is free of charge. This episode of See America was hosted by me, Jason Epperson, with narration by Abigail Trebu. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'd also like to invite you to follow See America on Instagram and Facebook and join the See America Facebook group where we chat about some of America's great road trip destinations. If you're a national park lover, we hope you'll also check out the America's National Parks podcast or come listen to Abigail and me talk about our life on the road with our three boys on the RV Miles podcast. This great destination was brought to you by Road Trippers, America's number one road trip planning app. Plan your unique journey at roadtrippers.com then use the app as your ultimate travel guide and navigator. Adventure doesn't come from the fastest route. Start exploring at roadtrippers.com. <laughs> <laughs>